0: Hey, Bubblers, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and joining me today to top off our Gilmore Girls chat is not one, but two boobs. Straight from the Bed, Wet, or Behead podcast, hi, Meg and Carla. Hi. Hi.
1: We come in pairs. <laughs> As boobs often do. It's
0: the streaming <laughs> boobles crossovers. Yes. <laughs> so today we're closing out Gilmore girls by uh, chatting about the 2016 revival, a year in the life with the Paladinos calling the shots, like a couple of Taylor doses. We catch up to our favorite coffee, chugging fast talkers, roughly a decade after the series ended and follow them through a year of their still very privileged life. So ladies, <laughs> so Carla, as a newer Gilmore Girls victim.
2: (laughs) As someone who doesn't have instilled nostalgia and a love from the show that comes way past. Look, look at (laughs) my DVDs. With
1: your box sets and everything. Carla. And all I have is like the memories that I have locked into my brain, whether I wanted them there or not. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Carla, tell two lifelong fans of the show (laughs) what your thoughts are as a new watch is it, yeah <laughs> it, okay so
1: since we're talking about the 2016 revival it's like all right so if I wanted to put it nicely I would just say that it sucked and had no business existing and that it in a lot of ways betrayed a lot of the things that were set up for the show and for the expectations that we had in a couple of ways for some of the characters, and I will never for- forgive them for what they did to Lane, sticking her with the most mm-hmm. boring, just useless character as her as her husband. That's the short version of my thoughts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now we're signing out. Right, <laughs> we're <nice>. Thanks, <laughs> bye Thanks. <laughs> bye
1: was just so much that they could have done with it that they didn't and I, I just I, I hated the whole you know Rory's whole trajectory in that's in that revival. it's like okay, so she's been wandering around the earth and she's not happy you know like it, it's not even like mm-hmm. you come back to to the series all of these years later and she has any sense of fulfillment like it just feels like she's not happy, not satisfied with anything she's having this kind of affair with with logan you know she's not completely happy with that but she's not into him enough to make some kind of commitment even though it's
2: kind of clear that he would it was something that i remember i was so excited to hear that they were bringing gilmore girls back because the end of the original series was just so disappointing like season seven something was wrong it was all off and I was so excited I was like oh my gosh finally it's gonna they're gonna do it right we're gonna get the because the paladinos are back and we're gonna get what we deserve as fans for the end of this story and yeah it took 10 years da, da, da but then watching it there are some things that I found very cute and charming there are some things that I really really liked about it Um, I personally really loved Emily's whole arc throughout yeah. the show mm-hmm. I think i think that was just showing the grieving of richard and that was something that was so heartbreaking to watch too as a longtime fan of the show to not have richard there mm-hmm. say what you will about him but he i love richard and emily mm-hmm. in a whole completely unreasonable way <laughs> um like i'm not even going to try and justify it i just do <laughs> same, same you don't have to be good people to be good characters yeah. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> But it felt so much kind of just an overall thought so much of it felt like they're like, okay, we have four 90 minutes episodes and we are going to cram as much of our quirkiness, as much of our like small town weirdness and the fast talking and and as many references as we possibly can throw into these four episodes, rather than it being like a natural seeming continuation of the story. They're like, all right, let's see how many kitschy things we can throw in these four episodes from the previous show. Like we didn't need to see all of some of that weird stuff. I mean, yes, we had to have a festival. There had to be some sort of small oh, right. event or something like that. Do we really need the musical situation? Oh, no. I mean, I need it. I didn't realize it at the time, but I needed to see
1: um, Sutton Foster. Oh, she's singing amazing. Because she's amazing.
2: Yeah. But other like, than
1: that, but the rest of it was like, eh. Yeah.
2: Well, and you could, you could, they could even have had that. But it, it took such a huge focus, such a huge amount of time on this musical when all we really needed was basically to have Lorelai listen to that last song mm-hmm. and have her, oh, I can't even say yeah. Lorelei. Yeah, have her moment to send her to go do wild, which I thought was actually a really funny little bit. All the people <laughs> trying to go and do wild, booker her movie. Yes. Are you book her movie? Look- <laughs> like the book snob and movies like all of that in me was like yes (laughs) and peter krausey is the exhausted uh park rate like oh it was him and jason ritter i think was the other one were the two park rangers Mm -hmm. with the permits
0: her her Mm -hmm. her co-stars from parenthood and one of them is she still dating or she was dating peter she's married she's married to peter oh okay yeah. Uh, that was fun. These little cameos and the, like those little cameos and bits. Cause Mae Whitman appeared as well. in just a brief, she was one of the girls in line and Lorelai mm-hmm. hooked her up with one of the cronuts. And uh, yeah. So I oh, thought yeah. that was kind of cute. I was just, and I, you know, and every time and I see Mae Whitman, I'm like her from Arrested <laughs> Development.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like in all these little, th- I think the, 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 the trouble is all these cute little call outs and, and, and callbacks and, and all that stuff they're really, really nice, but they really put in stark cut, like make the bigger ones seem way over and out of character and really kind of shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and my, of course my mind is blank now trying to think of one, but, <laughs> but it's just, it was one of those things where that's something that I remember when I was watching it and I watched it a few times how it just felt like they were trying to do as much fan service as possible without actually serving the story Mm -hmm. and then yeah we can talk about Rory and her whole situation which I found hilarious and just awful all at once
0: (laughs) well and as Meg was talking I just I don't think I stopped nodding um well both Meg and Carla I completely agree that like the first time when it came out I was so excited you know like Meg and I just sat there with like my fangirl glasses on. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, the the uh, audio um, kind of montage at the very beginning, overlapping all the past stuff. And I'm just like, ah. but the more I rewatch it, the more, you know, with the fangirl glasses off and especially for the pod to watch it more critically, I'm just, I came to a lot of the same conclusions. I it just reinforced some of the stuff that I kind of saw, but didn't really like dwell too much on. But I would agree that mm-hmm. to, to revive a series strictly for nostalgic purposes and fan services, to fan service, like, I don't know that that's really doing the fans justice. Like, yes, it's kind of fun to see some of those throwbacks and everything, but like the progression and, and the arcs and where these characters are now, it not a lot of it seemed to make a lot of sense, especially Rory. Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. Luke made sense you know some of the more side characters kind of made sense but Lorelai I I, I'm just like you guys are still kind of doing the small bicker thing when you go in to the diner and grab a donut and he's like what are you doing or is that just like a like foreplay for you guys like how after Mm -hmm. 10 years have you not gotten past all of that so I think that's kind of one of the more in there for nostalgia bits that didn't need to be because after ten years with someone, even if it's a bit, mm-hmm. are you is really going to be like, "What are you doing? You're taking a donut again?"
1: Like,
2: let it yeah. go, man. And, right. and the it,
1: thing is, yes, of course she is. That's what she does every day, probably of your entire life. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just leave well, a donut for her. And the thing <laughs> is, is you can still have that little bicker bit. You can like, and that's what we really like to see is the two of them kind of getting getting at each other a little bit, but that can be done in their kitchen or something like that Snagging, yes. stealing a piece of bacon before he's done cooking. It drives me crazy. Like it just, those are little things that they could have done to maybe adjust it and show that these characters have grown. Mm-hmm. I personally found it incredibly frustrating and, and annoying that they weren't already married. Same. Mm-hmm. It's 10 years later. I get them being like, well, we want, you know, we want to do the wedding for the fans. I don't need to see their wedding. No, I want, I, my, in my brain, They have been married since the end of season seven, like they got married and that, and, you know, maybe they had those twins or something like that. And I think that was kind of what was so frustrating about the revival is it took a lot of that little, those little storylines that you have in your own head of what happens next with them. And I found it so frustrating that they've been together for this long and the conversation about children never came up, never came up was never a real conversation like they it was an offhand comment that each of them decided to take as the other one saying they didn't want to have kids and it's just like after that's I think more frustrating for me than the little the bickering and stuff like that because that is like you guys are like 50 almost Luke is probably 50 at this point. point first off I'm sorry at 50 it's too late to have that conversation yeah, it's too late to have that kid conversation. Like, I'm sorry, even with the surrogacy, if you're 50 years old. That's that's no offense, I guess, to older parents, or but 50 is very. If you have, I'm tired and I'm 30. I'm 37 years but old. If you, I'm exhausted. If you <laughs> haven't been with this person for
1: like 15 years already, if you if you're just starting out your relationship or whatever, and you're in that age range then yeah, it makes sense that you're just coming to these conclusions. But if you have been together, basically mm-hmm. living together for all of this time and it hasn't come up, what the hell is wrong with your communication mm-hmm. as a whole?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's also so frustrating because it did come up before they were ever together. Luke and Lorelai talked about whether or not they ever wanted to have kids. And Luke said he wanted to have kids if he was right, with the right person. And mm-hmm. so did Lorelai. And then suddenly they're just like, oh, yeah. uh, are you the right
0: person? Because right. Luke at one point says, you know, when he's mad, he's like, you know, this was the deal. This is how you set things up. Your life is separate. You keep your crazy family away from me, and I keep mm-hmm. my crazies away from you. Like that's not a way to run, to to live as a as a couple as partners when there's, you know, he's got April and you know she has mm-hmm. Emily, <laughs> and it's like those those have to come together. You know, she's offering. Lorelai's offering to help pay for. April to go do early twenty things, graduate school, graduate right? school. Mm-hmm. and he's like no 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 I got it I got in. like have the talk about it everything yeah. that he has done for Rory for her entire life let Lorelei help out a little you know just mm-hmm. yeah don't well and it just so closed off which is yeah which and, is but, Luke but again but, but, after 10 years there's got to be some well, openness that's there
1: what made me sad like it made me sad throughout yeah. this whole revival That the relationship seems to have not shifted into that partnership, like a real partnership where they talk about these things openly, where they're communicating effectively. It made me really sad that you come back to this and it's just more of the same, more of the same, you know, being closed off and not communicating and not really giving your partner, you know, a a seat at your... At your little table where you can discuss these big important life things yeah. and let them support you and actively work to support them it just made me feel like what was the whole point you exactly. know like yeah why did they get together if we're going to come back to this 10 years later of course as somebody who just like binged the whole thing but it made me it made me honestly sad for like fans like you who come back to this and it's the same thing with no growth you don't get to come back to, you know, domestic Luke and Lorelai. You get to come back to still on, you know, like on the edge of a cliff, will they, won't they, Luke and Mm Lorelai. And it's just not
2: good. It really felt like as fans, we were basically like Rory, just kind of unmoored throughout the whole thing. We didn't really have any home base or established relationship that we can kind of count on as a rock. And I think they really miss an opportunity with having Luke and Lorelei be in this weird flux situation. I wanted to see them get their shit together and be together and enmeshed and intertwined in each other's lives. Like you would expect them to be. Mm -hmm. They were more separate now, I think, than they were in the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. where they were always a part and intertwined in each other's lives. And it was just, and it was so disappointing to see. And it did make the whole thing feel off kilter because everybody's life is in flux at this point. You need to have something holding everybody together, and I think Luca and Lorelai really could have been that anchor yeah. for everybody for the rest of the show because Emily's going through grieving and and trying to rebuild a life without Richard. Rory's fucking Rory, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. that's yeah,
0: yeah. It's okay to have a, a boring, stable couple. As, as like kind of the rock and as like you said, like a home, the one scene that I, that I truly appreciated between Luke and Lorelai was in the last episode, uh, right before they decide to elope and there it's just her and him sitting at the table, kind of arguing about who's giving who the last piece of pizza. And then they go off about, um, flash mobs and he's like steely Dan and they go (laughs) back and Mm -hmm. forth. And he has that nice smile and he chuckles. He's like, Oh, you're exhausting. I wanted that. That I found mm-hmm. to be very acceptable. Ten year later, bickering. And then you, but you see mm-hmm. the love and you see a different reaction from Luke, other than frustrated or you know, whatever. Yeah. But that yeah. there was love behind that and that he enjoys it. And that is what he loves. And that is what he signed up for. You know, his whole proclamation when she came back from her wild adventure about, you know, cause he was afraid that she was gonna break up with him about, you know, he would fight for them. It's like, he shouldn't have had that explosion 10 years later that could have happened off screen. And it could, you,
2: I just, I didn't yeah. like it. I, <laughs> I mean, know, it, it was so I personally really liked that. I really liked that scene when he was just, when they were having that fight in the, in the kitchen and stuff like that. And they eventually kind of came together. I did like that scene. Cause it felt like finally, finally someone was fighting for this relationship that had just kind of floundered because I was so frustrated as a fan watching it and having them just not talk to each other. And then finally, and that's how it, all. that's, and that is kind of reminiscent of Luke and Loyalized relationship in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. The two of them don't talk, don't talk, don't talk until there's some cataclysmic event or explosion where they just can't not anymore. And then they get it all out. And again, it's not healthy, (laughs) but I like that. I like. I like what I. Luke. <laughs> I can see. What I would have loved, and what what have actually made
1: sense is, you know, you come back to them after ten years. They have this very worn-in kind of relationship where there, you know, there is love and everything, but maybe there's a bit of weariness because they have been together for all of this time, and then it makes sense for Lorelai to just go off and, and and try to discover who she is as or, or to try to rediscover herself as an individual as opposed mm-hmm. to as part of a whole and then to come back to look more centered and for Luke to just be there to you know just like okay cool so we can move on with the rest of our lives and maybe they have a conversation about of course you're still you you know you're this the, the person that I want to be with because you're whatever you're all whatever whatever draws Luke
2: to (laughs) Lorelai
1: yeah whatever it is that he sees in her maybe he can spell it out better than I can because God knows I don't see it the blue eyes and the pretty hair I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it must be like it has to be something the boots maybe she likes nice boots I don't know but it has to be something but that would have made so much more sense and would have felt more natural for a relationship than this bs about you know like I still don't know all of these many many years and decades of spinning around each other how I feel about us being in each other's lives forever you know Lorelei I know that that, that you're kind of like you know stuck being your little 16 year old self who was taken out of your childhood but maybe 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 at some point get some like actual therapy and she does
2: get Therapy. i know but maybe she needs to get, <laughs> to get a more effective therapist she should have gotten therapy many years yes. ago that's for sure yes but oh anyway yeah i didn't see and i frustrating didn't, i didn't want to see any kind of weariness between the two of them i didn't want to see any kind of struggle necessarily between the two of them. I wanted them to be happy. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to be married. I wanted them to be sure and confident in this decision that they made because they danced around it for so long during the show that when they finally got together, you want them to be together and you want them to be happy and confident with each other and themselves and to kind of have that thing alongside everything else. And it maybe would have been different if rory wasn't in such flux when we were watching that happen or and emily wasn't going through her storyline but everything felt so uncertain and up in the air that it really didn't feel like coming home mm-hmm. which i feel like one yeah. of these revivals should feel like you're coming home and visiting um a good friend mm-hmm. yeah and it didn't feel that way it felt like you were you walked into in the middle of a huge fight and you're like i don't know what's happening yeah, don't <laughs> <dumb> smile. <laughs> yeah, just awkward. Like... <laughs> and yeah, Rory and Logan just.
0: All right, oh. let's let's get on. Let's get let's get let's get her out of the way with Jesus fucking Christ,
1: <laughs> Rory. Yes, please. So, okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. All right.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, I'll go. No, shit. <laughs> ready
0: either of us will get a chance to talk. No. <laughs>
1: mute her jen it's okay you can just mute her (laughs) that's right i have the power (laughs) you have the power carla please worry worry. Rory is so obnoxious it's like you know she starts out in the show as this cute little little teenager and yeah she, she has stuff but she's still a teen she still has like you know time to grow and to perhaps become a better person and then they take all of that opportunity and squander it into making her an absolute brat who thinks she deserves the world and it's like but i'm rory why aren't i having all these amazing opportunities even though i dropped out of school and i just can't come back and and do my thing like i was doing before i don't understand why why did the rules have to apply to me and it's like this has only gotten worse down the line in her adulthood okay meg tell me you're, you're about to burst yeah tell me your revelation
2: no, I was just saying, I think I know what happened. They made this show as if it was like three years after the show show ended, not 10 years after, because Rory, this being Rory, if she's like 22, 23, makes total yep. sense. Mm-hmm. 32 makes no sense whatsoever. No. And that's all I wanted to say. I was I was gonna wait. I was fine with waiting, but I was just very excited. You <laughs> didn't look I was, like no, no, no. you were gonna be ah, fine with waiting. Yeah, no, you were getting, waiting. Waiting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you were getting red, And I was very concerned for your cardiac health. <laughs> So I just wanted to to give you that chance to just let it all I out. i because I
2: started drinking beer, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I got that boozy. Fl- no, yeah, it's eighty degrees, and I don't have air conditioning. Is what that is. still? Oh my god.
1: Okay, I don't want to hear about your disgusting conditions in Wisconsin. <laughs> um. <laughs> but so Rory is just the same kind of child that we left behind at the end of the of the series she hasn't really grown and all she wants is to to get all of these opportunities that she that she thinks that she deserves without any real effort she thinks that she's like the whole thing with with that um online magazine where she thinks she's being you know she's being courted and you know it it really yeah it really was very deceptive the, the way that they went about courting her because they made it seem like they really wanted her because they had already Been following her, and they thought she would make a great um, contribution to to the team already. And then they have her interview as if they've never heard of her, but she still landed with that attitude of, I'm too good for this, but I'm slumming it because what else am I going to do for the moment? And that's the part where I'm like, okay, look, all right, yes, they're a mess and they're terrible in their recruiting, but you're even more of a mess. And that's kind of sad because you're way older than them. Mm-hmm. um she doesn't know anything that she wants in her life she has no clue of what she wants other than what she thinks she deserves which are not necessarily the same thing and she you know she skitters around the world she's trying to write this book but doesn't really she, she relies so heavily in her connections versus on her work ethic which seems to be kind of non-existent at this point and i'm like mm-hmm. it, you know frankly it's no wonder that you're failing you're, you're kind of leaning hard into your life of having everything handed to you of this privilege this immense privilege that you grew up with and yeah of course life is going to be disappointing if you look at it through that lens of why aren't blessings raining down on me daily anymore um because you're in your 30s now and you're going have to make it on your own at this point, you know. Um, you can't just count on somebody to give you an expense account because you're Rory Gilmore. Like, what does that even mean? That means nothing, sweetheart. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing with Logan, you know, I, I feel like clearly there is there's still chemistry. There's still a love between them. I think that she's the. They, did, they deserve each other, which does not mean that I like them and I think that they should get together. It's like, <laughs> you both suck in equal ways and should only be inflicted upon each other.
2: Oh, I love and Logan.
1: hopefully though. not procreate. Let's just end the line right there.
2: End well, the that's awkward right since considering the last line of the show, that's <laughs> yeah, awkward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, considering that we haven't heard anything more in those five years, I'm guessing maybe it was like a false positive that's my guess that's my theory like nothing ever came about because it's like oh mom I took the test again and (laughs) I took like five of them they're all negative it must have been like you know maybe I ate a weird soy burrito (laughs) that just had a lot of of hormones in it I don't know at first I was so excited because I was like oh my god they're having this open relationship because she travels so much and he travels and I I, I thought it was like fantastic I was like so that's so progressive that Mm -hmm. is so wonderful for them it's so emotionally healthy for the both of them. And then it's like, oh no, it's not actually an open relationship. It's just that he's cheating on his girlfriend with Rory and Rory's totally cool with it until he decides to be like, yeah, she's moving over here because we're going to get married. And then she decides to have a hissy about it. You know,
2: like- uh, um. Well, also never telling him, well also never telling him that she would want to be anything more than what they currently are. Like you don't get to be mad. Like you're okay with this arrangement all of this time without ever saying, hey, I would like to be more, I'd like to see how we go as a relationship again. Then you don't automatically get to be upset when his fiance decides to, you know, live with her fiance. Yep. Right. It's yep. so crazy and get mad that he wants you to go to a hotel like the mistress you are. Yep. Yes. Yep. Thank it's you. It's all that
0: entitlement again. Yeah. Yes. I, I absolutely agree, uh, Carla. I think Rory was when it came to like Sandy says and just all her irons in the fire. Did I say that right? Um, Mm -hmm. She was very confident about her entitlement. And she knew that she's entitled because then we see like when she's trying to write like the piece about people standing in line, she's in different lines. And Lorelai keeps coming up because she's managed to fast talk her way into getting the items before anybody else. So of course, of course, she thinks that she's going to be able to just kind of talk her way in or just people love me and they're Mm going to want... Like, sorry, the the world is not just stars hollow. And you're not right. just gonna be the stars hollow princess forever. And that you're actually gonna have to work and put forth effort and not just be like, but why? And then get mad at Sandy says for not hiring her because she came in all ill prepared. That yeah, was I, really you. obnoxious.
2: Even, even if you're being headhunted, even if you're being recruited for something you don't bring a resume. You don't bring a portfolio. That's the most yeah, she didn't the even bring thing her I've laptop. ever heard. She just no, shows up and it's like, hi, I'm here to be hired, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, here for, I'm here for my job. <laughs> and, and again, this is one of those things where I feel like this should have, they either wrote this right after the show ended and we're like, this is great, but this is something that Rory should have learned that her life is outside of Stars Hollow is gonna be one where she's just like everybody else and she has to earn a living and she has to actually work for what she wants because her whole life, she's never had to do that, to be honest. Like the whole thing with the whole series was talking about how hard she worked and everything like that. And she did, but she was given immense opportunities Mm -hmm. that other people weren't given for her to work that hard. She gets into Yale partially because her grant, she's an alumnus granddaughter. She gets to Chilton because she has rich grandparents who can pay the tuition. Like These are all privileges and and things that she gets handed to her that she never had to really work for. She had to work to stay in Chilton and, and in Yale, I guess, but her work ethic is not one of ever earning stuff. She gets stuff and then she keeps it, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really ever mm-hmm. earn it. And you see that with the Sandy says thing, because she's, this is something that she would have to earn. And she spent her whole life expecting to have stuff given to her, which again, would make sense if she were 23 years old, something around there by 32 years old, she should have already learned this lesson. So I think having her still be flopping around in flux at her age, I think is just, is really frustrating it's 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 disappointing too because she had so much drive she did have a lot of ambition she had a lot of talent and skills and she had she had everything that she needed to succeed mm-hmm. but yeah the yeah, world that's a thing I
1: think you hit it on the head because it the, the, the show that seven years does set you up to believe mm-hmm. that that she has drive that she has this thing in her head that she wants and that she's going to go after it and then the revival kind of shows you that she, that like kind of dried up on the Obama campaign trail. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. like that
1: well, dis- and-
0: Now, do you think and- with her having to hit her quote, rock bottom, cause this was her rock bottom. It's, it's still elite and, and privileged. Like I'd still like to have rich it's ass families. right. right.
2: It's the fanciest <laughs> homeless person I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and she can't find underwear. Yeah. <laughs> just buy more underwear just buy more underwear she's broke man are you not paying attention No, sorry. you're telling me richard gilmore didn't leave her anything in his will come on (laughs) like underwear (laughs) probably like the apartment in new york city that they got is a little pied-a-terre for him and emily she couldn't like she couldn't stay there right why are her boxes strewn all over the place? Exactly. She's in her. That makes no
1: sense. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes. Why not just have,
0: was she, do you think, okay, so this is clearly her rock bottom before she gets the, um, inspiration from revival jazz, which was the best. I love revival Jess (laughs) so much. Oh my God. He just came in just, Oh God, those fucking arms, (gasps) (laughs) that shirt oh it couldn't have been any tighter i loved it anyways revival (laughs) Jess was the
2: best Jess. he He was was. the best that's the kind
0: of arc that should have happened for a lot of the other characters but thank you yes Mm -hmm. this was rory's rock bottom and this was kind of what she needed to i don't know kind of come to that realization that now she might actually have to like put forth effort and work for things and then finally Get that idea from jess to write the book about her and her mom's life do you think she could have gotten to the gilmore
1: girl book without having to go through all this rock this bullshit? <laughs> i think she could have but i think more importantly the show did itself a disservice by dragging out the rock bottom for as much as it did yeah. because i think if it had been you know like in the the first episode and then a little you know bleed a little bit into the second that's that's fine, but it leaves us as viewers floundering, kind of sitting here thinking, why have I, you know, what have I been watching all of this time that mm-hmm. you've completely undone it in this series? Because it's really only until like close to the to the end that she does kind of wake up and say, "Oh hey, I, I have to get my life in order," and you know, like this is this is not, um, you know, I I I, I can grab the reins of my own life and this is a great idea and this is something I should pursue but that floundering just felt so unnecessary and it really took a lot away from um, any kind of relatability that we could have had with Rory because it, it just made her seem like a like a big brat as opposed to a young woman struggling which is that's a, a very valid right to go Mm -hmm. through you know when you're in your particularly I feel like in, in your late 20s going into your 30s um and you haven't hit whatever imaginary milestones you have for yourself you do come to a moment where you have to redefine those expectations and redefine these things that these goals that you had set and see yourself still as a person of worth even if you haven't reached those things so that makes sense but it didn't feel like that in the show it felt like um, little rich girl is crying because those dollies are too high off the shelf and that's very off putting
2: yeah i think <laughs> and i can't i can't believe i'm gonna say this that the show did a disservice this revival did a disservice to rory's character um in a lot of ways because i'm not a big fan of Rory overall but they had her behaving in ways that i just felt like were really unfair the way she treated paul her boyfriend oh, that she couldn't God even, yes she couldn't, God. Even, she couldn't even remember him and they'd been together for 3 years that just felt like a callousness that I don't feel like was in character with Rory no. and I think Carla you're absolutely right especially for Rory I think and they could have done it so much better especially for Rory if she's not hitting these milestones That she's put forth where she thinks she should be going into her 30s and to watch that struggle, that would be one thing. But again, I feel like it's also tied to the fact that nobody was grounded really in this show at all. So we don't, not only is Rory struggling, but like we talked about with Luke and Lorelai, and there's nothing for us to feel to hold on to and and take some I guess security in and Rory doesn't have that security either she can sense that things are going weird between basically her two parents because mm-hmm. sorry Christopher you're not a dad I'm sorry. <laughs> father I, Christopher is nobody <laughs> he means nothing he means nothing um but do I I think I don't think she would have gotten to the book without Jess Jess has always been the one who comes through for her and gets her back on track yes. Yale, Jess got her back on track when she dropped out of Yale. I mean, always. And he's a mess himself. He was like, by the end when he was getting her ass back in Yale, he was not a mess anymore. He'd gotten his shit together. I really would have loved to follow more Jess um, than Rory. But Jess, I think Jess is probably the only person who could have steered her in that direction, mm-hmm. who, who could be honest enough with her to say, this is whatever you're doing is wrong. (laughs) Like, this is not good. This is not who you are and get her on that trajectory. And I don't know if Jess would have said any of that if she wasn't struggling, but I think Carla absolutely hit the nail on the head that we don't, we're not watching someone struggle with their life goals and what it means to be turning 30 or in your thirties and not be where you think you should be. Um, we saw a 15-year-old and a 32-year-old's body still doing the same stuff over and over and over again. And I also was not happy about the whole Logan thing. Why did he have to be engaged? Like why, what part of the story did that really add to it? They could just have had a thing where they like Harlow said, an open relationship where when they're in town together, they're together. And when they're not, they're not, Mm -hmm. or better yet, she could have gotten her shit together and actually married the man that she clearly loves. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Who clearly loves her. Logan's still
0: fulfilling. I I apologize. I just want to throw out Logan's still fulfilling his family quote, family obligations, marrying who he needs to marry because you know, Mitchum is forever Mitchum and the Huntsburgers
2: are going to be forever the Huntsburgers. Well, Rory's definitely not the career-driven woman that they were afraid she was going <laughs> to <laughs> She probably fits in with that family a lot more now. <laughs> Why don't you marry that Rory girl? Who's on deck?
1: She seems to be kind of a waste of space. Why don't you just marry her now? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but but that's exactly what, what I was, that I was thinking too, that like he... He's marrying this woman because he's following the family's edict, which by the way, also made me very annoyed because Logan didn't want that for himself. And he was so bold about the way that he confronted his family and about setting his own path. And now he's just kind of going down the family path with Rory as a side piece. So he's not following his own path like at all either. Mm-hmm so it made me just really angry and sad for for him as well so this whole thing made no sense to me it made no sense to me whatsoever Mm -hmm. that they're not together that there are that they are um doing this weird little cheating thing and that he is following a path that he didn't want to go on in the first place none of it makes any sense to me and it's just like you've undone all of the writing that you had done in the last couple of seasons for these two characters for no good reason other than you were given too many hours to fill yes it's what it felt like you know it's like netflix was like fantastic we're happy to give you what it was it like six hours four
2: nine of- episodes
1: yeah um and they were like oh crap we thought we were going to get like two hours. So now we have to fill in the other four. Mm-hmm. So
2: let's make it excruciating and nonsensical. And this thing that kills me is it didn't have to be there. Like, even with what we have here, you can see there's potential, but they just didn't realize it. They didn't, uh-huh. they did not. I swear to God, they did not write these characters as if they're 10 years old. Right. Like they had to justify the aging of the actors which i mean fair it's it's been a while it was 10 years since the or 8 years or whatever since the show ended but it it did feel like it was like okay the show ended here now it's been 6 months and because that's all the development these characters got and it didn't yeah. make sense it doesn't make sense when it's 10 years later yep. that they're still going through this i want to see frankly new struggles mm-hmm. i want to see what these characters are going through or have gone through in the past 10 years. And we didn't really learn anything about what they went, what their lives were in the 10 years between hand. It was like they hit pause right. when Rory went off to follow the Obama campaign and they just decided those years don't matter yep. except to Emily. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, before we move to Emily, some of the other folks in Rory's life, you know, so we talked about, um, Jess and his amazing arms and they <laughs> and they saved you know the best for last we get good old sam dean dean sam popping up in <laughs> in
2: doses i'm so mad they didn't have him make a joke about how he took up hunting <laughs> me too or that oh where have you been oh just some family business oh family hunting yeah, trip I mean, like <laughs> what the
1: fuck would
2: have killed them
1: apparently yeah i wanted it so bad yes it would have made his scene like 90 times better yes you know it would have made up for his terrible wooden acting but
2: <laughs> like if we have to
1: see jared pedalecki for the of god make <laughs> a reference <laughs> to <Jensen> exactly <laughs> thank you yes maybe they could have had jensen ackles like just kind of hanging out there like oh hey just this had the, the 67 Impala. I had. yes i was just gonna say that meg just in the background
2: I, yes that that Anything. would have killed me because of the squeaky great. doors it would have been such an awesome tie-in because when supernatural had that little bit yes. when they went to hollywood and went on the gilmore girls set i just that's one of my favorite opportunity yes
1: <laughs> but i mean other than that I, I was i was really glad to see that at least he got some kind of growth you know that that he's moved on past his shenanigans a
0: few times mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and they used the name of his real wife and her pregnancy status at the time. Mm-hmm. I like. I I I I do like those little bits. So I thought that was just kind yeah. of a fun tidbit.
1: Yeah, it, it was cute and it was nice. And I I I really hope, well it, it sets you up to believe that he has matured. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is something that the the dean in the show didn't really get to do. I mean, granted, nobody really got to do much maturing in in Rory's um friend group because they were so young. They, you know, we leave them when they're like 21 22 so it's not like they got a lot of real world experience and it's not like because i I will always stand by my belief that dean just really needed to have some life experience and some maturity in him and he he was always going to be a good guy when he managed to grow up Mm -hmm. um because that was always something that, that seemed really real to me. Like it, it just he was too too sensitive, and he just felt things too strongly. Didn't know how to um, communicate with people, or how to try not to uh, make what he wanted the law. Mm-hmm. But that that's something that I strongly believe that that can be matured out of. And it was nice to see a version of him that did seem to have grown up and Mm -hmm. to have done that. But it is sad that in the show where the protagonists are all women, that all the growth gets to be done by the men. And in Emily's case, the growth only happens because she loses a man. You know, it's it's this little thing where everything about them revolves around their men. Yeah. and why you know they, they they're they're pretty strong people they're they're intelligent there's no reason why this should be this way yeah it's the Gilmore girls not the men of the Gilmore girls right right exactly how rumpf. so how so yeah so so while I, I was glad to see grown-up Jess and grown-up Dean and even to to a point grown-up Logan um Rory just is stuck hmm being this, you know, forever child. She
2: absolutely should have joined the 30 something game.
0: Yes. And th- and that's Which, the other thing to mm-hmm. think she's too good Fringers. to join the 30 something game. That is so weird, bitch. Yeah, I feel is. like
2: <laughs> I feel like the thirty-something gang is too good for the thirty-something <laughs> gang. That actually, that whole thing really pissed me off in a lot of ways. Because I'm like, oh yeah, these kids went into the real world and it was too hard for them, so they came back home. And I'm like, yeah, but let's take let's take an account what has happened since 2007. Yeah, yes. when this have show you seen ended. the economy? Exactly. <laughs> right. Like you and, want and these it's a kids the thirty-something? It's hard. And I <laughs> It don't is live hard in New England.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, okay, so you, you, you sent them off to colleges. You think that they don't have debt?
2: You think I know, that they don't these have kids are buried loans? in student loan. The bubble burst. Mm-hmm. There was yes. a huge recession. They couldn't get jobs because no one was, oh my, And it just, <laughs> God, it was, yes. like, it made me so and so from them stores follow. What do you want? They're selling
1: so... the best that they can. They're 30s, they're like in their 30s, and they can't get
2: like a good They <laughs> just get a, a, a mortgage and they have predatory loans, man. And then like, to have their loans. parents. So there's the 30-something gangs who apparently recessed to be 12. Yep, drinking. He's like, we're going to <laughs> go have milkshakes. We're going to go have milkshakes share the straws. <laughs> they make the funny slurping sound. And then um, their I'm parents. Sorry, they are networking. Get, they are yeah. networking adults. They're Net- trying their best. You know, if you're having a network, somebody a in your network group. has to have a job. There has yes. to be at least one employed person at least in your network person, Yes. for it to be networking. And then their <laughs> parents have their little group where they're like oh yeah we trade resumes why do you have to keep doing this none of these people have gotten jobs their resumes haven't changed yes they're they're like what is happening uh i did yeah that, i don't know if you knew that <laughs> but that part bothered me anyway.
0: that part kind of bothered me too because i'm just like all right I, I understand that like maybe the root of the parents of the 30 30 something year olds is like let's help and get them the fuck out of our house So we're going to help with their resume and shit, but that's not how it came across. It came across as like our babies are back. And so we're going to continue to coddle them and give them participation awards and no bitch, kick them out.
1: But even,
2: but even, but even that still, I think a lot of that frustration (laughs) is the whole, like these soft millennials, they can't handle anything. These poor little kids who got their participation trophies, first off, who gave us the participation trophy? Exactly. Thank you. We Whose idea was from. that? Yeah, that was not it's our not like, idea. Was there really a committee of
1: six-year-old soccer <laughs> kids sitting around saying, I hereby decree that our parents should give us participation trophies. No, that was on you. Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So they, and the term millennial being for just any young person, yeah. like millennials <laughs> are approaching 40 now. I'm solidly in the middle of millennials and I'm 37 years old. Like- I'm They're a baby Xer. Like, <laughs> you guys are both Xers.
1: age wise. Um, I'm a millennial. I love I like okay, the i sure you
2: are. But a friend of mine <laughs> <laughs> referred to that it. Thing. It is.
0: I like the Xennial. It is a
2: thing, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're not.
0: Timmy always tells me I'm not, I'm not an Xer was born in 81 and I think that's the cutoff depending on which chart that you're looking at
2: 1980 is 1980 is the cutoff for millennials 80 to 1996 I want to say that's millennials
0: so a friend of mine I saw had posted that she's she prefers the term baby xers
2: I was like, I love like yes.
0: that. I'm a baby Xer. Yeah. But
2: here's, so. there's nothing wrong. But here's right. that's also but yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a millennial, except right. for the fact that all these fucking boomers are talking <laughs> about how soft we are. Like, you're right, because yeah. we believe in accountability mm-hmm. and treating our like they're like, oh, you see all these people with their dogs treating their dogs like they're babies and feeding them all these crazy organic diets. And everyone's like, you mean we're treating our Animals like living breathing creatures who <laughs> it's just I don't know that's a whole other side rant. <laughs> the 30something gang irritated me a lot yeah. in a whole bunch of ways. And maybe it's my sensitive millennial. Halt. No, but here's here's why it bothers me. It's
1: because a lot of these shows written by boomers make fun of millennials and their quote unquote softness. And they they ascribe all of these, you know, uh pejorative. And attributes yeah they really do not only that but they also um set it up so that you're watching it and you're thinking that they're ridiculous people right. with their you know with their eating stuff that's good for them and, and trying to buy sustainable things and they're horrible things like you know respecting climate change bodies yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but everything everything because I, I don't know how many shows i've seen written by by boomers and even some gen xers when when they're talking about millennials they 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 say things like you know oh is it okay to like to hug you as if it's some kind of funny thing to respect people's bodies it's like yes ask the question don't make fun of it yeah you know like oh well i don't want to offend this this millennial's feelings you know by not being woke enough about it's like okay well you know maybe not automatically asking the one random Mexican, you know, for a taco recipe is respect. And that's how you should conduct your everyday living. But this is why this bothered me that it treats these, um, the the 30 something club as they're a gang. (laughs) Yeah. Like the 30 something gang as, as these kids who are too sensitive and that you have to kind of walk on eggshells around them. And, you know, the the real thing is you don't need to walk on eggshells around them. You need to grow up and realize that the world is changing and that we're trying to have more respect for each other. And you're disrespecting the people who are trying to have respect for each other. So, you know, who's in the wrong
2: here? Mm -hmm. This could have been a searing commentary on the economic status. (laughs) (laughs) The working class, and instead we get milkshakes at Taylor's. (laughs) The old... Sunday candy shop or whatever the hell. It oh man, uh, I love it! That I did made not me so mad.
0: I did not think we were going to spend any time on the 30 something group. And <laughs> but no, oh, that's story. all valid points and absolutely <laughs> right. They this last time, I'm just kind of like, why are they just treated so portrayed so infantilely? Like they're 30. Mm-hmm they should be, they should be concerned. They should be just as concerned as Rory's like not having a place, even though whatever they should, they should have been more concerned about where they kind of were in life and maybe tried to, instead of just painting them as like, hi, we're back home and we're staying at our parents and we're drinking milkshakes and we're just enjoying this. Like how? how can I you do be enjoying any, that?
2: I don't know a single person who is an adult who had to move back home with their parents due to economical struggles. That was like, happy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's right. always really hard and really stressful. I, I was 19 and I had to move back home with my parents. Mm-hmm. So I moved out at 18, had to come back at 19 for basically financial reasons and stuff like that. And it was awful. Once you get that freedom, having to go back to your parents sucks and i've never met anyone who is happy to do it to be here in america where the culture is to kick kids out at 18 okay cuz i was going to say yes yes i'm i'm talking about generally people i meet who leave and then have to come home so you're whites so the whites yes so the whites
1: <laughs> your fellow whites are upset about having to move back home i get it i get it
2: but it's not it's, it's a much more american thing necessarily than yeah Either way, having, having nothing to do with any of that, anyone who's had that independence and lived on their own and had to come back to their own parents. I'm not talking about multi-generational living, which is a very common and valid thing throughout the entire world. I'm specifically talking about these people, (laughs) it sucks and it's not fun. And, and I think it was just, it just bothered me so, so much. And every time I've watched it, it bothers me more and actually reread, um, I wrote a review of the summer episode for for the year in the life for Game of Nerds and that's when the 30-something gang was really kind of focused on more was during summer and it just I even wrote in there how angry it made me so <laughs> it pissed me off on so many levels and now I'm going to shut up about it for now <laughs> All
0: right, we'll hit a few more folks in uh, Rory's life that actually we maybe kind of <laughs> give a shit about. that
2: matter? That...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, like, our, our favorite, Lane. Hmm. You know, she's, okay, so she's married, whatever, and she's got, they've got the twins. And I just have to say that one of my favorite lines was when, um, what's his, the dad, I don't remember what his name is now. All of was like Zach. Sudden, Zach. Zach. <laughs> it was like summertime, I think. And he said that Stephen Kwan, when they get angry, they turn into five angry Koreans. <laughs> I laugh so hard every time because I'm like, "God damn it, that's accurate." <laughs> when my mom got mad, I swear to God, she could like project like 14 other angry little <laughs> Asian women. <laughs> the kids when lee gets mad i'm just like oh shit <laughs> and then when i get mad everyone's like oh shit so i appreciated that line um we finally see that oh lane does have a dad a physical dad
2: that was so, was so weird too. yes like why bother at this point <laughs> I, know, I, thought, I thought it was kind of funny where we finally see him but mm. it was just like again a fan service moment
0: that like you know nobody asked for it yeah who cares
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know we went seven years and it's fine it's <laughs> <laughs> like honestly i never really questioned it i thought that, that she just you know that her her mom just kind of willed her into being and that was fine by <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> oh but the, that poor choir under mrs kim's <laughs> thumb they looked so terrified i was like oh <laughs> but then i also i'm just kind of like Really, again, with like the quiet, timid Asians. Okay, fine.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Next. Uh, <laughs> let's
0: see. who else did we have? Oh, did you guys have anything you wanted to add about uh Lane? I know we, I think we're all kind of on the same page about I, just just but that Lane, I love her she deserves better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lane deserves better. Lane always Lane. deserves better. At least they're still playing. Yes. She's got the her yeah. and Zach do have that little side gig at the um, alley bar. I love that. That was a great place. And
1: they have to like shut up when the police is coming by. No, like Taylor walks
2: by. But Taylor walks by, yes. And not the police. Taylor. <laughs> that one might be one of my favorite parts of the whole thing when they all pick up their stuff. And- mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone That's just fantastic. knows what to do. Um,
0: yes. And then, uh, but then we also get a bit of Paris and Doyle. And I first time watching it oh god I love Paris so seeing her back and then full Paris swing I was like yeah but this last time I was kind of
1: sad for her arc yeah Paris she was on the show I was so glad to see her I'm always so happy when Paris is on the show
2: every single time she's on screen I'm like hey, Paris. okay okay um it made me really sad too honestly but I don't her and Doyle breaking up broke my heart a little bit because I did really like the two of them together. They're such a weird mismatched, but so well-working couple. Like he, mm-hmm. having them split up made me really sad. Mm-hmm. Having a, the whole Francie thing. Again, fan service. Yeah, so, that was unnecessary. Like What's I would so, that. So if they're in their thirties, Francie's late thirties at this point, and this is still a thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Like, why how i don't i don't storm into bathrooms and like talk shit to my high school mate. <laughs> like, i don't un- i don't understand what the point of it was mm-hmm. and then her getting all like paris getting all weird about seeing tristan That's, that was so
0: fucking upsetting was, and disappointing i'm like yes. really after all these years paris really like,
2: if nothing else if you can't say anything else about paris geller she is strong as and it has always been like above that kind of petty boy nonsense so so to see her like hyperventilate and fall apart just was gross yeah no I hated it and I don't even like her
1: but I hated that. (laughs) and and, you know to second what, what you both have said it made me sad to see her and Doyle not together anymore because I really thought that they were good for each other. Not not just that they were good together. They were so good for, mm-hmm. good for each other. And honestly, like, it just, it made no sense to me. It really made no sense to me that, you know, the Paladinos just thought, okay, well, you know, we've made everything else so unrealistic. We have to at least have one realistic thing in that at least one couple
2: has to split up.
1: But, you know, frankly, like, just roll with the Why good Why couldn't times those people be Zach and Lane?
2: No offense, Thank you. Zach, but...
1: Yeah, full of us to Zach. He is nothing. Lane deserves a bag of of, of human of human hair. That's it. That's all he is. Lane does deserve better. She does. Um always has. She really does. Amen. But you know, even with how much I I dislike Paris and would rather never have seen her I ever in my life, ever, 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 forever and ever take back all those moments that I've that I've seen her on my screen, every (laughs) single one. I still did not like that for her. And, and it made me really it kind of offended me for her like not i know i'm so offended but it just it, it made me kind of like that they almost regressed her a bit to make her even more curt and more mean mm-hmm. and just for no good reason there was no reason to to make her like this and i really wish that they had given her the the same benefit that they gave um Dean and Jess of letting her grow because okay and going back to what I was saying before you know Lane doesn't really grow Paris doesn't really grow either so like what the hell like all of all of these these awesome women and, and girls that we have watched for all of these, these seasons are just in this little glass case where they can't mature maybe because Frankly, I think that, that it says a lot about the Paladino's writing and their talents or lack thereof that they couldn't move these people past these these little boxes that they put them in.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would have loved to have seen Paris grow and learn that you don't have to be rude and curt and and coarse mm-hmm. and uh, to be strong. Yeah, like strength to be a strong strong and assertive woman i think is something that we really could have seen paris grow in that cuz i can understand in the beginning with she's got so much insecurity within herself she's got so much problems going on at home with what's happening with her parents divorce and her dad being investigated by the mm-hmm. the IRS and 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 then them fleeing the country and then they're mm-hmm. just leaving her to be raised by her nanny i can understand Putting those guards and shields up and having that harder exterior. I would have loved to have seen her grow beyond that. Yes. And to mm-hmm. show that you can be a really strong, assertive, successful woman without being heartless.
0: Especially yeah. with the job that she has, her, you know, the, yeah. the surrogacy thing, like a little well, bit more softness, a right. little bit more, just a little. We don't need just a the the big, compassion. Yeah. We don't need a big yeah. 180 change, but just,
2: you know, it's like they gave her that job just to show how crass or not crass, how coarse she was. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this, she when we see her, we only see her with Lorelai, and this is someone who's been like a, she says a second mother to her, and mm-hmm. who she admires and cares about. And she's treating this really difficult um, decision and process that they're talking about doing like they're flipping through a Sears catalog. Mm-hmm. And calling women breeders and right and, and like it's like just where where did this success come from? If this is how she treated that her it, bedside right. manner, right. <laughs> God knows that that's not
1: what it is. But yeah, like it, it just it didn't make any sense. Like it, it's like they they did it just because they thought it would be funny and they thought that this mm-hmm. is what the fans expected, so this is what mm-hmm. we're gonna give them. But well, that that works completely against
2: the whole story. Any softness she had. They took away from her. Yes, yeah, because mm-hmm. she did have she did have soft, vulnerable moments that we see with throughout the show. Because I think she, I know Carla thinks she's already insufferable, um, but she would have been drastically insufferable without any of those humanizing moments that we see her scared and upset mm-hmm. and hurting. Um, and they just took all of that away. Yep. And it was mm-hmm. and it just it was really disappointing for me because I I did love Paris. Again, don't have to be a good person to be a good character. Mm -hmm. I, and I personally have a soft spot for
0: like terrible characters or really charismatic, like psychopaths or sociopaths, Mm -hmm. something about them just delights and tickles me. I don't know. They're fun to watch. They're fun. to love and hate, hate, love. Um, rage watching is one of my favorite pastimes. So (laughs) having characters in shows where I'm just like, yes, I get to participate. (laughs) It's fun for me. All right, uh any final thoughts on Paris or any of the other folks in Rory's life that we may have missed that deserve a I'm sorry for your character. deserve
2: <laughs> Do we want to talk about the 30 no, yeah. <laughs> So one last thing about those 30 somethings now. <laughs> All right, well we'll go Why were they so preppy? Right? <laughs>
0: They were way too happy to be home to that. And that's just <laughs> fucking weird. I still can't wrap my... Anyways, no, we're not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Emily and the dearly departed Richard and the way the revival handled grief, at least from Emily's perspective.
1: What'd you guys think? You know, I loved it. I really mm-hmm. did. I I like that they... Embrace because they didn't really have much of a choice. I mean, he passed away, and there was really nothing that you can do other than address the loss. Um, but I really loved that they made it. (sighs) This isn't a show that I get very sentimental about or very emotional about, other than you know, just like rage. But that scene at the funeral, like I almost cried because it just felt so real. And this is somebody who's not only a character who is such a big part of the show. But this is also somebody that these people have worked with for all of these years. And for Alexis Bledel, she was so young when she started working with him mm-hmm. um, that I, I, you know, I, I just can't imagine that loss and working around it and, and then emulating it as a family relationship f- for a funeral scene and then having that having to carry the weight of that loss throughout the rest of the show. So I think that the show, uh, they, they did a really good job in handling that. And I, I really do like the way that Emily, as long as she unraveled so much as it is that she kind of let go, you know, because she, she didn't, I don't think it's a falling apart uh, so much as it is embracing a change because her whole life has been this very prim and proper these are the steps that we take each and every day as a member of this particular type of society and that's all that she's ever known so now she's thrust into this world where she doesn't have her partner in that at her side anymore and she just kind of lets go of all the bs like and it happens like all at once Mm -hmm. in a way that is so unexpected both as a viewer and as a family member because Rory and, and Lorelai are like, okay, I guess this is what's happening now. But she, she has that, that, um, that moment at the, at the club, whatever the hell the club is called. The DAR. The DAR. Yeah. Where, you know, they're, they're interviewing somebody who's a prospective member. And they're, they're doing it in, in their very waspy, very polite, Northeast way of like- Passive oh, aggressive you know,
2: way. Yes,
1: where everything is like a, a dagger that you can barely see. And she just, tells her, she just tells her straight out, like, you're not getting in, we don't like you.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you are everything that we will be making fun of the moment that you walk out of this door. And the fact that she, you know, she let people see the, the man behind the curtain, you know, like the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. thing, then she's not no longer welcome, which is fine because she doesn't care anymore because Richard's not there. So it's not like she has to be a perfect wife and the perfect member of the DAR and the perfect member of society anymore. Who cares? And in, in a way, like not not to say that Richard ever held her back, but their position as a as a you know power couple or her position as a an influential and distinctive member of high society is gone and that's a lot of pressure off of her and I think that 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 the reason she becomes so light and joyous towards the end is that even though she no longer has her husband whom she loved so much at her side she now has herself in a very happy view and a very happy outlook for herself as an individual which she hasn't had like ever Mm -hmm. because she went straight from from you know being a rich daughter to um straight into marrying Richard and didn't pursue her you know she didn't pursue a career other than the career of being the perfect homemaker and and wife
2: Um, homemaker I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> well i mean like a high society, a, a, oh yeah. high society homemaker
1: <laughs> whereby you hire people to make your home for you <laughs> sorry no 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 no, no. perfectly <laughs> said but i i really did like that you know she's she starts by by welcoming this woman who nobody knows where she's from could ever if somebody out there actually knows where that that accent or whatever is from i still haven't figured out
2: it's a it made, up, made house. up, yeah. It's made up. up.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, like my one concern was that like they were trying, that they were just like scamming her, you know? but <laughs> I don't know. But she seems perfectly happy to have this woman and then the woman's children and husband and the whole like, family whole extended family <laughs> yeah. living with them. And she decides she's gonna you know sell the house and and move to like a little cottage on the on the shore. And hey, why don't you all come with me? <laughs> um, and it's it's really endearing and it's really sweet and even though the way that she takes on her duties at the at the museum, <laughs>
2: whatever, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I would go watch well, would, her like, do her well. Terrifying.
1: I would watch um,
2: that tour presentation. Yeah. And oh, you constantly. please
1: tell me when this lady is not leading the tour so that my children are not forever traumatized? <laughs>
2: She's but so excited though, and engaged, and the but kids that's, are that's
1: engaged. Just it. But she is so excited, and she is so engaged, and she's not she's not sad, which mm-hmm. I was really so happy to see because I don't like Emily Gilmore. I don't like her. I kind of hate her. You know, like I, I just I, I I just think so little of her. But I don't want her to be sad. <laughs> it's that little old <laughs> Um, just kind of collecting it's dust. hard to hate her when she's sad and <laughs> lonely and no old. no I can still hate her quite passionately <laughs> but it doesn't mean that that I mean just because she's a piece of trash doesn't mean that I don't have compassion um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was happy to get because I feel like a lot of the times when it's an elderly person who has lost their partner That they're written as just like a shell of themselves, and you know, that they just can't move past it. And all of a sudden, they're just sitting in a dark corner, dressed all in black, saying, You know, you know what your grandfather would have said. And that's like all they become. They just become like, you know, a portal to their grandfather's, you know, what he would have said. (laughs) But they didn't do that. They made her an individual, which she has never, ever gotten a chance to really and truly be. Mm -hmm. So this was like the one piece of growth in a female character that the show allowed and while i think it's just both disgusting and sad that they didn't do this for the other female characters if they were going to do that for anybody i'm glad that it was emily because just because of of the way that that um older people are treated on television and in film as well they're old so why bother developing them Mm -hmm. they're still people yeah you know, they're, still they're still
2: unbaked served.
1: cookies or <laughs> not we all still unbaked cookies <laughs> um but yeah so, so that, that those are my thoughts on emily gilmore yeah, I, I, st- I still can't stand her but i'm glad that she's not sad
2: i think i think this was something that the show actually handled really really well um was the funeral and you could tell i think what made it hit so hard is you could tell that these are not necessarily the characters mourning a character these are the actors and this family mourning the loss of someone that they love especially kelly bishop yeah because they became very oh my gosh totally space on his name edward herman edward herman thank you so much i kept calling him richard Herman. that's not right (laughs) (laughs) that's not right but edward herman and kelly bishop became very very dear friends and they continued their friendship after after the show ended and you can see that, that pain and that sadness. And I think the show did a really, really good job of portraying how messy mm-hmm. grief can be because Emily is a mess mm-hmm. for, for parts of it and how grief can manifest itself in really, really ugly ways. And like we see with Lorelai and Emily's um, instance at the funeral, when Lorelai said, told that horrible story about her oh dad. Oh my God at his funeral and how upsetting obviously that would be so upsetting like you can't but when you're grieving things aren't rational you're not a rational person when you're in the midst of grief at least when it's not that fresh i don't think Mm -hmm. um i think part of the reason why we can kind of see how emily is the most well-developed character i mean i think of all the characters she's probably the most Mm well-developed character she gets the, the best arc and the most solid arc, I think a part of it is maybe because of how old Amy and Dan Amy and the Paladinos, are writing it. Right. Because that's something, what Emily is going through is probably something that they're in their own more able to relate to than say when we talked about like Rory and her unmooredness and the 30 something game or that whole mentality of young people just have nothing, basically no direction and no worth. And I'm sorry, 30 is not that young. It's young, but it's not that young. Mm-hmm. But to watch Emily go through her Marie Kondo phase <laughs> and wear jeans and drink and smoke in like the middle. I, like, I I know that that was kind of a little bit of a rock bottom moment for her, just a little bit. But I really kind of loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing her entire arc of grief that we watch happen. And we watch how she grows into her own person. And she learns to have a life outside of the one she's always known with Richard. Um, because she's never had to be anything else. And, and I agree. I don't think Richard was holding her back per se or anything like that. This was what their lives were. This was their world. And I think when she lost him, it opened her eyes to how silly in the grand scheme of things, all of these pretenses are, because what's the, like, most of her enjoyment, a lot of these things seem to be when her and Richard would go to these society events and then come home and talk shit about the people at the society events because they're all ridiculous. So I love that she was finally able to call bullshit on that all that pretense that was one of my favorite scenes in the entire series when she just keeps saying bullshit mm-hmm. yes
1: <laughs> and they're all and, scandalized like
2: what I, is with you in that word <laughs> they're all horrified it's not like i think her name is trixie or something like that it, it, and it, it was that matter. was a whole other weird thing too but when she moves to nantucket and she realized like she just i think it really helped her shift her perspective and the priorities in her life. I loved that she went to therapy with Lorelei, even though it didn't necessarily didn't work out so well, <laughs> but her, and I, I enjoyed seeing how her and uh, Luke's relationship kind of has gone like this tenuous piece between the two of them. Like we both love Lorelai. We both want what's best for her. We don't agree with what that is, but life is too short to just sit here and be antagonistic um I loved that Richard left Luke money to franchise (laughs) that was one of (laughs) that was one of the little callbacks that I thought was really 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 well done yes that and it makes sense yeah it absolutely makes sense but it just I loved her story I I think I was devastated I was heartbroken that Edward Herman died but I'm glad that they chose to can still make it and to incorporate that into it because I don't think they could have done it and been like, well, you know, Richard's on a business trip. I right. think that would yeah. have been terrible. That
1: would have been such a slap in the face. Yeah.
2: It would, yeah. It, and 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 they honored both Richard and Edward Herman, I think, very well in this, in this show. I think it's one of the, like I said, Emily's storyline, I think, is one of the things that they did really well. Her and Lorelai's storyline and the conversation that they had when Lorelei was trying to do wild mm-hmm and she didn't which was smart yeah Lorelai should not be <laughs> going on the, out, is them, on, no. on the PCT no, no she no. she should not have done that and that's I'm glad that they didn't I'm glad that was not something we had to watch well and it's like so she only needed a pretty view right like and to drink boxed wine with with strangers
0: around a fire. Like she couldn't have just like gone on a fucking hike or something. You can't tell me there are not hiking <laughs> trails near her. Like she didn't have to go. I mean, it's Lorelai, so of course she did. But
2: like she didn't she have had to be a part extreme. of a movie or a book. She had to, right? Of course she did. Of course she did. But I love the the I love the resolution to that fight because mm-hmm. Emily was absolutely justified in being furious with Lorelai for what she said about Richard at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She had every right had every right to be upset with her. I mean, did she holding on to a grudge for maybe a bit longer than necessary? Yeah. Yeah, but
1: that's
2: but, I mean, yeah. But that's the fact that it was only a year <laughs> and they <laughs> resolved it. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> that's was, growth. Yes, <laughs> that is growth on Emily Gilmore's part and I love Kelly Bishop and that is all. And I would go see that tour. I would take my kids all the time. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I I
0: completely agree with everything. Um, Emily's arc was my favorite. I loved how they addressed uh the loss of Richard. And we kind of only get snippets of Emily's through Emily's grieving process, you know, her Marie Kondo and then her just kind of sleeping till noon. And that's not mm-hmm. what, you know, that's so out of character. So I loved seeing these things and that she came out of it. A little healed, a little healthier and moving forward with her life. It's, it can be hard. There's my mom, she stood still after my dad died. So it was nice to see that there's a life beyond the passing of a partner. Mm-hmm. I always get really choked up about this. <sighs> and when I watched the, uh, fall episode the other day, or when she did her wild thing and she had her recovered memory and she called Emily I cry every fucking time and it makes me miss my dad I'm so sorry right now it's okay but it was so beautifully done and so well done that you don't have to experience a loss to have felt that moment and Emily just being appreciative and that's all she kind of needed from Lorelai at that point was Mm -hmm. A sincere memory, a sincere apology, and then they could move forward with their relationship. So, I, I absolutely loved Emily Gilmore's arc and how they addressed the grief and the passing of Richard. That's the most quiet you two have ever been.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can do with <laughs> silences. We can't do any other kind of silences. No. So- It's respectful silence
2: or nothing.
0: Or nothing. Or no silence. All right. So that's out. And now I'm going to move on. I loved, and I love that way uh, Emily embraced Berta. And I think Berta came into Emily's life at the perfect time. Because what other maid service person would have lasted long that who Emily could not fucking understand a single thing. Mm -hmm. So I think Berta was perfect for her, like just showed up for her at the right time where Emily was broken enough where she didn't have the fight in her to get rid of another maid (laughs) (laughs) and just slowly, you know, she accepted Berta because I think Berta accepted Emily. I think Berta saw the hurt and the broke brokenness in her. And I feel like Berta is a good person and genuinely, genuinely wants to help. So she's always smiling. And I love I loved, I loved her. And I, so I love that that ended up, but those two ended up kind of together at the end, Emily and Berta and Berta's family. And, and
2: Berta's whole family.
0: Because at first I was kind of like, why, how, how is this woman not fired five times over? And right. it's just, I think Emily just kind of needed something to fill the void, something in the background, no fight left in her. And by the time she came out of all of that, I think deep down she realized Berta was a big help in that her family was mm-hmm. a big help in that. And she was able to actually appreciate people with darker skin than her of being like, wow, what? they're more than just,
2: you know, <laughs> even though they're willing to help around what? the house,
0: they're more than just service people
2: and handy people. <laughs>
1: and I, know, think right?
0: How?
2: I, <laughs> I think a lot of what made Berta so different from a lot of the other maids and stuff. I think you're absolutely right with the timing. I think Emily would have lost her mind in the silence of her house if she didn't have. And I think I find that very interesting that Berta can't understand a word this woman ever says. And her whole family is there and they fill this house up with noise. And it's not like Emily has to try and follow a conversation, but they fill the house with not just noise, but with life. And I think Emily would have been that shuddered shadow person if berta and her whole family hadn't kind of come in there and i think what we do know of berta you can tell she's very much a caretaker she is like such a nurturer and everything like that and she see i i I feel like she sees emily as like a bird with broken wings Mm -hmm. and she just wants to take her home and and help i'm not gonna say make her fly (laughs) no no But she does, she just wants to take care of her. And I think you're right. I think Emily was just like, whatever. I think yeah. She was so apathetic. She was so apathetic at that point. And I'm kind of glad she went that way rather than being like hyper controlling about everything. Yeah. Um. But I just, I, I loved Berta. They're so. I just, I and love you know that what? whole family.
1: Because what, what you were saying just, you know made me think of something that yeah, she could have uh, tried to become very involved in, um, in Lorelei and Rory's lives. And, you know, really have dived in there and tried to take over and, and just fix everything for them. And I'm so glad that they didn't go that route with the writing because it was already a mess, this revival, and it would have just made things messier. And it wouldn't have helped anything or made any, any, anybody more likable or watchable. So having her off on her own, doing her own thing, really was a great service to to the character and to the show overall. Because when I when I think, first of all, I'm never rewatching it, but when I even think <laughs> when I even think about rewatching it, it, it's mostly for for those Emily pieces where you know she's she 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 gets to be treated like such a such a human
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's something that i really appreciated and you know i just don't know why they couldn't have used that same energy in the other characters but mm-hmm. what do i know i'm not getting paid the big paladino bucks
2: <laughs> think of all the mileage you've gotten out of watching this show carla i know
1: <laughs> yes i have i'm never watching it again but i'm glad that i got to talk about it so much <laughs> you yeah. don't think i'll watch the revival again because
0: it's it was it was fun One the one time when it came out and I was excited and I was like, <laughs> yay! Again, still some questionable choices, but overall it was just, wee, this was fun. But now it's not as fun other than some of these, you know, the Emily moments, her growth, and maybe just more of some of like our side characters. It was, I love seeing Kirk again. Michelle, I thought they could have done a better job with, but I did appreciate it's a person of color. So why would they? Right. But I did appreciate <laughs> that he was firm in that he needed more money and that he needed more responsibility. It, mm-hmm. It's not just that he wanted more money, but he wanted more to do. And he still cared enough about Lorelei and the inn to want to stay, you know, that was kind of right. like his home, but he understands that he has family obligations and he needs to make more money. So I did love that he took that to to Lorelai and kind of stood his ground in that like look you can't pay me more which you can't and that this is also to help you out as well these are my options. So it's always good to see Michelle. I loved his reaction when he saw Suki. 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 And he comes and he's like, "You bitch."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Again, it would have been nice to maybe have him soften a little bit over 10 years. If he's been in this relationship and there's now talk of, you know, children, like, why aren't you a little softer about, you know, just still kind of rough around the edges, which I love about Michelle. Um, but again, not, Hey,
2: not we're talking about babies, not chows. Okay. That's true. He's soft, <laughs> soft for chows. He's French. Come on.
1: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> but no, I love I love One Michelle. thing
1: that, that I loved about the way that, that the show wrote him is that they didn't explain anything about his sexuality. It's just like mm-hmm. he's with this dude, and that's all that there is to it. Yeah. You know, like it, in the show, first of all, they don't give him much to do in general other than be snarky. But his, uh, it, 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 it was always kind of there that he was supposed to be straight as far as we knew. And then the revival, he is clearly not. And it's just like this is just who he is. And they don't make a big thing out of it. Mm -hmm. Which I which I appreciated because you know it's just I never thought Michelle was straight. (laughs) I never did either. Me neither. But the show was was very they just kind of like ambiguous. We -hmm. don't know what to do with this, so we're not gonna address it at all. Yep. But I I really, I I really like that that it's just like this is who he is and here we go with with michelle's portion of the story and that's what you needed to know
2: mm. mm-hmm. No, I, I love michelle i would i w- michelle and laner i would love to just see more of yeah. them yep. and apparently jess and yes.
0: <laughs> grown-up revival jess all right let's see who else have we got on suki, suki. okay now there was quote controversy when the revival was announced and as they were announcing casts and everything and melissa mccarthy hadn't been asked to do it yet or something there was it, it it seemed like it took a while but there was some bullshit surrounding it so she did agree she did appear in that kind of last episode for just a moment in the kitchen with all the cakes and everything so we don't get to know a lot about Suki, and kind of where she's at, other than the little bits that they've dropped throughout the run. But how did you guys feel about seeing her? Would you have liked more of Suki, or just
1: I thought- ideally, ideally, I would have loved to have seen more of her because she, I thought, was such a, a big part of of the whole Dragonfly Inn thing, and her friendship with Lorelai was so important, and her relationship with Rory too was, you know. And she was also like such a big cheerleader for all of these things that both of them wanted to do. <laughs> the way that they explained her absence made no sense to me because doesn't she have kids? Mm-hmm. Now yeah. she has multiple kids and she's gone and hold herself up somewhere. And I'm like, but your kids are still quite young and you love them or so I thought. <laughs> but I, I just, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I, to me, if they weren't going to to have her on more, they could have just said you know like oh she went and opened a restaurant and that's why she's not here she started a catering business and she's not here but th- th- the way that they handled it just made her really unsympathetic and, and mm-hmm. i was like what's the point you know like if you're gonna have her in for just a couple of, of minutes if that's all the time that you get with her at all in the series make it worth it mm-hmm. you know don't to me it just I just didn't like it. I, I wasn't a fan. I didn't
2: I didn't like the fact that they like you said Jackson and the kids are still there. First off, we don't ever see the kids, we just see Jackson, right. and, like he talks about them. And we only see Jackson a little Once. bit too. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, what's going on there? At that point, I feel like Jackson shouldn't have been there at all until maybe Suki it's, it's okay, it's okay. and Jackson. <laughs> Come back for come back, you know, come back for Luke and Lorelai's wedding if they we have to have a wedding, which I know I understand, blah, blah, blah. The wedding. It bugs me that they weren't married already. It just bothers me so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, I agree, I agree. I didn't like that she was gone for a whole year from her family. And it's just like this really blase thing. She left Lorelai in the lurch. Mm-hmm. Like she she left with no notice. So Lorelai keeps having to have all these pop-up. Chefs and stuff come to the Dragonfly, and we're a big part of the Dragonfly. Was that it was a Suki St. James, um, <laughs> S-K- 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 <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> and I just I I understand where they're where they probably couldn't afford Melissa McCarthy. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. they probably couldn't afford her for anything more.
1: I mean, by and large, she's the most successful cast
2: member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I can get that, but they really should have done a better job accounting for it. Or been a little less sloppy in their handling of it. So the fans didn't realize what a, what a clusterfuck the whole thing kind of wound up being. Mm-hmm. I wish we had been able to see more because I think you're absolutely right. I think she was the heart of the dragonfly. She was the, the, the linchpin, I think, for a lot of the characters, especially yeah. the characters in Star Hollow. So I wish, yeah, I I wish they'd either explained her absence better, mm-hmm. or ponied up the money to have her be at least you know five minutes, ten minutes in each episode instead of having yeah, sticking yeah. her in one episode. Like they could film a bunch of like they had it all written. Yeah. They could have filmed a bunch of scenes in the if they if she only has to be can be in the dragonfly in kitchen, that's fine. That's where that's where we always associate Suki's being. <laughs> associate her with. I'm being very serious talking about so serious. <laughs> okay. okay. Serious Um <laughs> but I feel like they should have like had a day if they're gonna have her filming for a day, have a day and have them f- film like, all right, Laura, Lorela- if Laura is having all these problems with Luke and all of this stuff, why would she not be talking to her best friend? Mm-hmm. Why can they not just have them in the Thank kitchen you. while Suki's- is cooking? And Laura lies drinking coffee and talking to her. Why are those things that they couldn't just film all of the, her scenes if they could only, because they could afford her for a day. So if they could only afford her for a day, she and Lauren Graham are professionals. They should be able to get that shit done and yes. taken care of. I, I, it just, it bothered me because there was a way that they could have her seem like she was there the whole time. We didn't spend very much time at the inn as it is, mm-hmm yeah so it's not like it would have been this glaring thing but it was a really it's i think it's part of what made the whole show feel kind of empty yeah i agree i definitely more suck it oh god there's a spider
0: oh give me a
2: minute <laughs> I, have a, I have a
0: small fear of spiders no way
2: are you okay, Carla? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, like what, what has me laughing so hard was just like the absolute horror with which you threw that piece of paper. Like the rest yes. of it, I'm so there with you, spider suck, but you threw that paper like it was burning your hand, and I just can't stop laughing at the mental image. <laughs> My My, epidermis!
0: Ah! It only went like three feet. (laughs) (laughs) I I completely agree, Meg. She could have filmed for a day. They could have gotten a lot more out of her. And the fact that so she's there in the day, in the in the in kitchen, she makes all the fucking cakes. And then that night, they Lorelai and Luke decide to elope and get married that night. Where was Suki? It's okay.
1: <laughs> you know, Michelle was there. She should have been the wait, not best woman. What's the thing?
2: Maid of honor. Maid of honor. Yes. She was the best woman, but yeah, she should have been the maid of honor.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it was, so it was kind of odd. It's like, all right, so you bring her back for this scene, but then within the same day in the show, Luke and Lorelei get married and she couldn't be around for that. Y'all couldn't have filmed that in the same day so even the timing so they're going to bring her back for just that moment they couldn't have kept her around for that added just the one scene up at the gazebo she didn't have to be dancing around in, mm-hmm. the, in the fairy lights and everything just in, at the gazebo to get married and so my questions around this were how late is it you know because the reverend it's bingo night so reverend's up late
2: <laughs> but rory
0: and kirk are already sleeping on the floor mm-hmm. and then but then they go into town and miss patty's having a rehearsal some ballerinas so i was like
1: what fucking time is it yes <laughs> make no sense how late does patty's have it rehearsals was like this- I this feel title. like These this are is children. S- what are you doing, Miss Patty? Like, I know that you're inappropriate and you, like, smoke around kids and, like, you, like, you know, make awful dirty lines to innocent, you know, barely pubescent boys. But I draw the line at keeping children up this late. Past 8 p.m. <laughs> practicing whole, ballet?
2: That, that whole thing had this such a weird magical realism element to it that, just didn't feel like it fit between that and the the life and death brigade
1: oh yes that thing was
2: like so why why the top hat
1: why 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 any of it why yeah why how much
0: like I understand that these boys are like Batman rich but still how did you convince Taylor Dosey to shut down the whole fucking town
1: it's it was just they went in behind behind his back taylor Dosey's busy burying bodies back. under
2: the gazebo <laughs> oh,
0: and side note so okay i know taylor's still alive obviously but i was actually kind of surprised that hank from woodbury was still alive <laughs> like how did taylor not kill him and bury him under the gazebo yet
2: <laughs> that's where all the troubadours are <laughs> The guy with the the farmer's market stand. (laughs) Oh God! Yep, Suki deserved better too. Yeah,
0: and i'll Mm -hmm. I'll take that fairy princess wedding number over the Stars Hollow musical
2: because again, that was uh, they rap like Hamilton. They covered and, like 15 different musical styles, and
1: they had the girl. She was Kiki Boots, <laughs> and eight ABBA songs,
0: and eight ABBA songs. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that, I mean, even the first time watching it, I was like, "This is completely unnecessary and is bringing it all down." Just have Kirk make another movie. He won the Good Try Award. <laughs> he could. He did. Oh, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic!
2: <laughs> you look fabulous. I, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I okay.
0: keep saying it. You keep saying it before I get to say it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh let's see. Anyone else? Anything else? No. Did we got it. Nope. <laughs> I mean,
1: considering <'cause> <laughs> that we managed to touch on the. The 30-something gang. I think we covered absolutely everybody who's ever been
2: on this show. Oh, I do want to say I love Luke in the swimming pool shed. That was one of my favorite things. His obsession with the swimming pool shed mm-hmm. he donated money for. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
1: Well, that's I guess that's one thing because, you know, we talked about Luke a little bit with Lorelei, but Luke himself just... I felt like he was less interesting than he was in the actual show. He was kind of like a guest star
2: Mm -hmm. as opposed
1: to part of the cast. And it just felt like he was there as an accessory Mm -hmm. to propel Lorelai's story, which is kind of a waste because Lorelai's story doesn't really go anywhere other than the garbage can.
2: (laughs) But it's also refreshing that finally a man is used to perpetuate a woman's story. Yeah, except that nothing happens with Luke. I mean, his headlines
1: receded more. That's about it. He's dressing the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I I like continuity, and I like, you know, Easter eggs and stuff like that, but they basically, you know, packaged Luke up and then unboxed him for this revival and did nothing with him. There was just nothing. He built
2: shows. But he's always building stuff. I know. I know. I'm just kidding.
0: See, again, I like that again with Luke that last that moment in the kitchen with Lorelai more of that because I completely agree it's like yeah he was just boxed preserved and then just unwrapped and it was just like here he is in mint condition still in the box and his flannel and his backwards cap which he you gotta flip that fucker around by now man
1: thank you god (laughs) thank you nobody has told him that that's no
2: longer acceptable he doesn't it's care. It never worked for anybody. He doesn't care about that as long as there's no man buns or cell service. Why?
1: That why? sign
2: killed me in the diner. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Yeah. The wife, why? The didn't anybody, why didn't anybody get
1: him a beanie? No respect. The bill of a cap. He get would him a beanie. Never That's wear all he a wants. Because Jackson he wears beanies. wants the back of the hat. He doesn't want the fur of a hat. He doesn't he, care about the bill at all. He just
2: wants something to cover his skull, and a beanie does that. It makes more sense. My favorite thing, shush. My favorite thing. <laughs> I was already done. <laughs> There's no beanies. Luke would never wear a beanie or one. The backwards <laughs> baseball cap is his signature look with the flannel. I did love the grumpy. He was still the grumpy diner owner. Um, that served good greasy food and everything like that the wi-fi signal thing cracked yeah, me up so much when he kept giving people the wrong wi-fi <laughs> signal uh password that's probably one of my favorite ever loop scenes because he just kept coming up with these different passwords mm-hmm. over and over again um i totally lost track oh what pissed me off so much though was the amber the amber april situation yeah, oh yeah yeah where he didn't learn do you remember last time you did shit like this? Your girlfriend slept with her baby daddy. Right. Because you wouldn't let her be a part of your daughter's life. And after you had such a huge part in her daughter's life, mm-hmm. I, that that bothered me, why, how he didn't learn. He's like, I'll just take care of it. I'll pay for it. Right. She's my kid. I'm like, you guys have built a life together, apparently, allegedly. Yeah. It's just not yeah. as far as this show has shown us. No, Emily's right. They were roommates. Sorry, but uh, they were. If
0: everything yeah. was that separate, at least in Luke's eyes, then mm-hmm. yeah, they they weren't a cohesive, yeah. working. If that was his perception, yeah. Then- I yeah. did like little April and her being in her young twenties and her Rasta <laughs> hat and her right. trying to be like, I smoke pot and I got a nose ring, and then being but like, I so, did so I- much
2: cheese, <laughs> <laughs>
0: so relatable.
2: <laughs> Every <laughs> night up on
0: that couch is me and a brick of cheese. I got my night cheese. i working on my night cheese. I do have a snuggie. Oh, it's almost snuggie season.
2: Oh, yeah. it's almost night sweater night weather. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I thought, I thought little April was kind of just adorable. I'm like, and mm-hmm. that made sense. I'm like, you're you're early 20s. You're still figuring shit out. Good for you. you're you're trying to be, I don't know, woke or whatever. Her her-
2: being unmoored made sense. Yes. Because she was 22. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes.
1: <laughs> so I thought that was, I just, I still thought she was just adorable. She's trying to I, I, I like her awesome. so much more than I like Rory. And you know, like we got like two seconds of April and I was like, couldn't we have just, you know, made her the new daughter? And Rory <laughs> is just like off in, in London or whatever, banging Logan until she gets pregnant and then she comes back pregnant and that's all we hear about her. That would have been a much better show.
0: Mm-hmm speaking of pregnant now those last few words and then fade to black why and who's the daddy and do you think jess will be rory's luke where 20 years from now they'll be in a partnership and then have a fight and then eventually get married
1: god i hope not for for jess's sake for jess Jesus. yeah jess jess listen if you take if you're listening to me take notes run away run far fire, away guys he marries Mandy Moore. He's He's Mandy
2: Moore. He's fine. Meg, Meg goes sh- back sh- it, in sh- time sh- to the shut 80s. It, shut
1: it. Shut it. I'm done with you. <laughs> I am done with you. What matters here. Okay. Jess, run
2: away. So it only makes sense of all had the same configuration. <laughs> Meg, shut <laughs> it. Meg, shut it. <laughs>
1: I want him to run far away so and not, not be saddled. <laughs> not be saddled with these Gilmore girls for the rest of his life. You know, he, he why why would he be why would I want him to be saddled with Rory and her entitlement and her indecision issues? And he's gonna, she, you know, she's gonna be like, oh, I kind of love you, and then Logan will come back and be like, oh, hey, Logan, I still kind of love you. Jessica, can you wait a minute? Mm-hmm. She's like, not Felicity. Wait a few episodes. <laughs> just wait, g- give me a few episodes to bang Logan, and then I'll be back for you, okay? Just like such. She's there. Not Felicity. Hey, by the way, can you watch my kid while I go and bang Logan?
2: Okay. No. Okay. Jess's moony eyes back at Rory was I did not like that I was not a fan of like move on Jess you do yes, you please. deserve better yeah yes I'm hundred percent think Logan's the baby daddy yeah not the Wookie like, I, uh, well, <laughs> so so I was re I was reading the reviews and the recaps on the Game of Nerds because it's been a little bit since I watched the show but I I watched it plenty so I remember I remember it but apparently the timing for the Wookie doesn't match up for when she says that she's pregnant. So it's not the Wookie.
0: Hmm. I'm kind of disappointed.
2: <laughs> I also, yeah, and I didn't like the weird slut shamey stuff they were yeah. doing with Thank her you. too. Like, let the girl get some. She is a grown ass adult. She doesn't need to yes. ask permission from anybody.
1: But that's why I was so excited about the whole open, you know, situation thing. Yeah, because I thought, well, this is, that's why I thought it was so progressive. It's like, she doesn't need to be tied down to a guy like you know if she likes them and they're together but they're they're they they are free to see other people whenever it suits them that's fantastic and that's what they oh, wait, that's not what's happening here never mind i take all of that back mm-hmm. and that's what happened it's, it's just like yeah I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pulling back all of my flowers for that because but yeah like throughout the show rory is constantly just kind of you know she's useless and she's i mean a skank and all of these things and it's like well you know what i i, I agree with the useless the skank part not so much she's just you know having a healthy sex life she's yeah just enjoying her body what gives yeah mm-hmm. again it's when boomers write these shows by millennials down with that
0: i think that's gonna do it for me on my thoughts on the show i don't care who rory's baby daddy is i really don't <laughs> she's gonna be fine in terms of raising a child on mm-hmm. her own if that she chooses to do so she's gonna be fucking fine she's gonna have Lorelai and Luke and the whole goddamn town and it's gonna be another Rory 2.0 or whatever so what I, I just thought it was kind yeah. of an odd way to end it, it was just yeah Mom, I'm pregnant fade to black nothing ever again
2: well, and I, yeah. it was really disappointing because of how, especially like Jen and I having watched the show forever and hearing over and over and over again that Amy Sherman Palladino had the last four words, the last four words were always written and she always knew what they were going to be. And th- that was so much of the excitement around watching it because we finally get to see what her last four words are, like this whole big thing. And it's mom. Yeah, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's Why? the that's the great big and again,
0: right. that made it, f- I guess
2: I know it's full circle, but,
0: but again, that uh, would have made more sense had this taken place, not 10 years later. Right. Cause right. and maybe that's why they had to write Rory as being so despondent and detached from reality and just kind of floating and floundering about because to now be, to be, I don't know, 32 and pregnant and just now getting your roots after being quote, rootless. Is that supposed to be some sort of equivalent to 16 and pregnant? Yeah, yeah
2: because that doesn't make any sense. No, it,
0: did, it, it, it did
2: not hit the same no. as it would have had it been the lat. had it been when she was about to go on follow Obama's campaign trail. If that was the end and she, that's what she was going to do and then she found out she was pregnant, that would be, well, that would be a huge cliffhanger. And yeah. I would, I would well, actually be kind of heartbroken if that happened because yeah. her does, life was just work. getting started. Mm-hmm. Look, it simply does not work
1: as yeah. anything but a cliffhanger. You can only do that if you plan on following through with a story. Because if you just leave it like that, then you are just baiting your audience and leaving your audience hanging for no reason other than your own entertainment as a writer, which is just really screwed up. Because there, there is a bit of a, of a. Um, contract between an audience and a creator and that you are there's a trust there and you're, you're trusting that the that you're not going to be left in the, in the lurch and it's one thing when a show is canceled because then that's out of everybody's hands mm-hmm. but when when somebody is deliberately leading you to a cliff and leaving you there by, by yourself that is just messed up yeah. And that is just poor writing. And it just, it, I, I really didn't like that at all. Wow.
0: I just have a couple of random things I want to throw out there real quick. Uh, Taylor Dosey town hall meeting recruiting gays. Fucking weird.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: and one last thing with uh, TJ and now I can't think of Jess's mom's name, but how they uh, accidentally joined a cult. I'm kind of like Liz, 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 Liz. Yes. But don't don't most people accidentally join a cult? Like they don't go out right. and tend to join a cult. It slowly no. happens because the cult leader is manipulate, generally, genuinely, is usually manipulative. TJ
1: would absolutely
2: dirty. 100% join a cult like an MLM.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he totally would. He totally because he. He's that was the most ombre this Big, yeah, dopey guy who thinks that I everybody is his though. friend. I No, no, no. Listen, I adore him. He's one of my favorites in the show. I mean, the guy was an escarote. escaro.
2: Escaro. <laughs> air pants. I love him. Don't so call much. him tights. Call him air pants. lap <laughs> so is an illusion. Breathe.
1: <laughs> but yes, I, I could absolutely see them. Accidentally joining a cult.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If they're like Alexis Rose did in she- yes. <laughs> Almost. Come join a cult. Twyla. Twyla was like so ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: mom brought me here. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> oh,
0: you didn't know. God bless Twyla. May the gods forever bless Twyla. Uh, and oh, yes. With regards to the uh Life and Death Brigade, it was kind of odd and out of place but at the same time I enjoyed it because the Beatles song that they chose Little Help for My Friends was the version from the musical Across the Universe which is one of my all-time favorite Mm -hmm. movies so I love that version and it almost it seemed kind of reminiscent of the scenes in the from the movie too of to that song so look it just seemed to
1: me like an LSD trip oh yeah like why
2: i mean why would you know? they were on lsd
1: i mean why would Which them is fine anytime
2: <laughs> i don't know but you know
1: I like make know. it a separate like music video that's fine but in the show it took it took you out of the show and made you wonder I, what the hell am i watching that i clicked the wrong <laughs> channel by accident
2: i would take that over the musical did any day i will watch that <laughs> scene over the musical. okay yes any day yes. so if we're picking anything <laughs> i would i want the sars hollow historical museum back with uh, <laughs> I love Jesus, <laughs> I want that back. That's the kind of <laughs> nostalgia I want. <laughs> I Not kinky, boo. Just I kinky love books. Jesus. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, I think that's. Yeah, I think I'm done now. We're all, we're Gilmored out. We're Gilmore'd out. <laughs> This will be it. Much for... like the
1: series itself, yes. we have petered out into, into life lack of existence.
2: Does <laughs> anybody want to know a random pregnancy? And... <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Me neither. Not it. <laughs> not it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a pregnant one. We, touched our, we both touched our noses first. <laughs> I'm just <laughs>
0: emotional like a pregnant person. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're pregnant with feelings I'm pregnant with
0: feelings <laughs> just ready to pop um so speaking of popping before we pop off one would like to know ladies what's been streaming in your bubbles what have you guys been watching
1: I've been re-watching all of uh Superstore because I needed something light and fluffy and this show just I can't you know I don't think that there's a scene in which I don't laugh it's so good mm-hmm. and it, it holds up It holds up fairly well and it covers like just so many interesting things and it's, it's just, it's awesome. And Jonah is the cutest. I love him so much.
2: <laughs> I do love Jonah. Um, most of the stuff I've been watching lately has been for It's a Fandom Thing podcast stuff or for our podcast. So um, when I'm not doing that, I have actually, so I've been just watching 911 relentlessly like that's all i've been doing it's it's a show where i can just put it on and i don't and i've i've seen it enough i don't have to pay too much attention to it and i've been listening to audiobooks more and right now i'm listening to a gentleman's guide to vice and virtue which is a fun little heartbreaking kind of 1700s romp through europe with a bisexual lord and him having and his crush on his bestie so that's been interesting <laughs> That sounds interesting. Yeah. Carl was like, what's the name of that yeah. book again? I know, I want to get that out <laughs> in a second. Let me, Let me add bring that on my to Amazon. my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And it's, it's for being in the 1700s. It's, it's really interesting to kind of see how this young, it's a YA book about this. Yeah. Uh, a Viscount who's bisexual and in love with his best friend who happens to be a young black man. And the, all of the nonsense that they get involved in. And it just got to like the really crazy action packed part. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving meeting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, right on. I, I know what it's like to have to watch things where it's a fandom thing. <laughs> but, uh, when I, so when I'm not watching things for, this pod, her pod, any other pod. I guess currently, right now, I'm just kind of rewatching Letter Kenny. That's been a comfort rewatch for me right now. So, hence all the Letter Kenny gifts on Twitter because I will always <laughs> use the gifts of whatever I'm fucking absorbed into at the moment. So, <laughs> well, all right. I think that's finally going to do it. I think I've said that like that might be the third or fourth <laughs> time, but we're in the Midwest. All right. So we say the well, and then the Midwest, the goodbye. Midwest, goodbye. So 40 minutes later, we might actually be closer to the door. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Meg and Carla for being here today. Uh, make sure you check out their podcast, uh, Bed, Wed, or Behead, found on all pa- uh, podcast platforms and keep streaming. Bye.
2: Yeah, I'm doing it.